Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 13. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, Hope and Bonnie speak with husband and wife duo Alexander, a Colby graduate, and Alexandra, who is also a product of homeschooling. They talk about their own educational experiences and the carryover and application of skills learned from a classical course of studies. A true education is an education for life, regardless of your chosen occupation. The Alexes are a testimony to this fact and relay first-hand experiences that show the extreme value of ongoing self-education. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom, liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and Colby parent ambassador. I have two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the eldest is in 10th, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby. And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt to Bonnie's kids. So we have uh, a couple of my best friends on here today who I met in law school and craziest thing, never expected to meet another homeschooling graduate or or married homeschooling graduates, as it turns out they are, at my law school, but I did. So we have Alexander and Alexandra, or as I call them, Mr. Alex and Mrs. Alex. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on here. We're always happy to support Colby. We, um, I absolutely love doing that. When I did that for three years of high school. The first year I was uh, doing seat, but then I'm very glad we switched over to Colby. So um, I was homeschooled from kindergarten to grade 12, with the exception of my very first day of kindergarten. I went there once, my mom dropped me off, and that was it. She was like, no, I'm homeschooling. So we started off homeschooling down in Virginia. Um, and Virginia, as you know, has a wonderful homeschooling community. They're kind of one of the leading states, I think, in that area. Um, back when we first started, because when I started um, in kindergarten in 1996 or 1997, um, homeschooling still had a little bit of a stigma to it, um, much more so than it does today. So, but yeah, we went went through kindergarten through grade eight, and then high school, um, three years of Colby Academy. And I, I always reflect on those three years with Colby, just like reading through the history and the theology and the English, and those were just some of my favorite classes. And I think a lot of what I learned in Colby, I took it straight to the University of Dallas, where I went and got my undergrad, which is another four-year Catholic institution. During that time, I met definitely the most important person in my life, <laughs> Alexandra. So we, I think we met junior year. Of high school? Yes, I think so. Hi, I'm the other Alex. Um, my aunt's uncle joke that I will always be the first Alex, and he's always the second Alex. But <laughs> that's great. I, was, I started. My mom homeschooled me right from the get-go. She's one of. Uh, she comes from a big Polish Catholic family, and a couple of her siblings had left the faith. And my grandma and grandpa were really. Um, Puzzled as to how that happened because they were a devout Catholic family and they're like, well, where did we go wrong? We sent you guys to Catholic school. You know, what happened? So um, I think it was kind of, it was before I was born. So I remember around that 1990s, you know, those first years of the 90s where my grandma was doing all this research and just digging even deeper and 
finding out of homeschooling and how that'd be a good way to teach the kids the faith and hopefully keep them, you know, hopefully inspire them to be practicing Catholics. So my mom's the ninth of the family, um, ninth of 12. And so she, even though she was the ninth, I'm the 23rd out of 82 grandkids. So I was still one of the top ones to start homeschooling. But um, so my mom decided just after listening to some tapes, cassette tapes then um, about homeschooling that that's path she wanted and my dad agreed to um and my mom really wanted it because she felt like she had been pushed to the public school system instead of able to learn as she went so that's why my parents decided to homeschool us um almost all of my cousins have been homeschooled um and we did we did a couple different curriculums i think seeing and then kelly heritage curricula until my mom decided on mother divine grace so he always jokes that Mother Divine Grace is Colby's rival. Like, okay, I looked at the curriculums. <laughs> Some ways they're like so similar. How can they be a rival? <laughs> so, I did that. I think from. It's hard to be a rival when Colby's better. Oh my gosh! I hear you guys tease each other about this so often, and I feel like the Alexes are are my friends. I've met you guys a few times, and but I hear hope they, you mean so much to Hope, and you've been such dear friends to her that. I have a fondness for you as well. It's just by, I just, I hear her make this comment. I'm like, don't say that. That's not nice. (laughs) Don't tease her like that. (laughs) So that's just, yeah. So that's what I did all the way to, um, yeah, 12th grade. And I loved it. I mean, I think both of us went to UD. I was at UD one year, University of Dallas. And um, I, I, I know what I learned, especially in high school, really helped. It's similar, the whole classical, all the, you know, it's core books, um, really helped with an understanding, having an understanding, even if it wasn't a great understanding, just having some baseline for going to a liberal arts school. Um, and then I just, I've seen it carry over just all the, the logic, all the critical thinking, you don't get answers there for you. You have to think it all through. It's not, that was the worst thing ever. I'm like, I just want to know instead of think about it. But just seeing that, especially as I've gotten older, I'm a massage therapist by trade. And so just even applying all of those skills that you wouldn't think of as, oh, they're not exactly science related or health related. They all still carry over no matter where you go. And I think that's the best thing I found with a classical education. That's so cool. And take, connecting it, both the mental, spiritual side, but also the physical side. So you guys are both the oldest of large families. What was it like, like trying to get your schoolwork done when there were a bunch of younger siblings running around? So I had my mom as a teacher up until I was about in fifth grade. And then from sixth grade onward, I had to be self-taught. because I mean, I could go to my mom for like lesson plans or something like that. But for the most part, I was kind of a little bit on my own because she had three other kids in class from kindergarten up to, I think, the third grades that kind of needed to know how to read. And once I figured out how to read, I think I was able to more or less kind of handle a little bit, most of it by myself. But kind of going into the holistic education thing was part of being the oldest was I had a lot of responsibility. So like, I would do school from around 6, 6.30 a.m. until about noon. And then after that, I had to make lunch for everybody. I usually do a couple of chores in the afternoon. And that was just all part of, like, 
keeping myself busy and helping out with the family. And but most kids who are, I guess, if you're not homeschooled, you never had the opportunity to kind of make meals for a family. And then all of a sudden you get thrown out in the world and it doesn't come naturally to a lot of people yeah. and just kind of stuff that I don't want to say learning how to housekeep, but like that's kind of what I had to do is able to take care of myself and take care of some of my sibling as well as get to do the whole homeschooling curriculum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest of eight and similar experience. Um, I think almost all of us from yeah, my youngest sibling will be nine in December. Um, but almost all of us, once we're at fourth grade, we're able to articulate the directions well enough and read well enough where we can, we were all able to take off on our own um, and go to my mom for tests and this and that. And, you know, she'd hound us about certain things just be like, where are you at? And you're, you know, we had a syllabus. And so that was very helpful to follow along. Um, we are very different. We are very different students. I was a procrastinator, but that's because I'd be like, Oh, I want to learn how to do this today. So I'd learn this. Oh wait, I have to do this well too. Just kind of like, I just did not. My mom and dad tried so hard. I feel bad for them now. Um, but I, I did learn so much other than school too, just because I had the chance to, and it wasn't in the evening after a whole day of school. So, um, I mean, there are certain days where I would, oh, go be a mother's helper, and then I do my school in the evening, or then push off to the next day, or I'd be able to read a whole book um, instead of take the two weeks or however long the curriculum gave us to read it and. Um, the flexibility of it was great yeah and the flexibility was something i absolutely loved growing up like my parents are both from canada and one of them has um i guess my grandparents on my dad's side they have about 100 acres of wooded area and a lake up there in canada in ontario and we were able to go up there for a month month at a time during the school year and we just would get our school done in the morning then we'd go fishing or go frog hunting or go hunting all afternoon and in the springtime we got to make maple syrup and my grandma was very particular about it. She made us journal every day what we would do. And that was part of our writing. So we would just write out a page of what we did that day. And just the opportunity to kind of go spend a month in Canada every year was just something that I'm always grateful for. And I, those are some of the fondest memories I ever have, ever had. There's so much to life that's not school, like academic work. Both of your stories illustrate that so well. There's so much more. I mean, that's what we've talked about this before. People go to law school, they go to seminary or go to get their, you know, go to medical school to study, to become, you know, study for a certain profession or for a vocation. But then marriage prep, once you get engaged, is only like, like a few sessions. And I mean, I think that marriage prep should be something, it may sound super intense, but it's something that you're observing in your home life, your whole life, and something that you're participating in as a member of your family. Like that's marriage prep too, not just classes with a priest or an engaged couple in a class. So it's a whole mm-hmm. education. It's a whole thing you're presenting your child with. So, I mean, for us, we're doubly responsible because what they see in us, you know, when we start educating our kids, you know, formally, but then also just as a couple, it all that's an education in itself. It's everything, not just a book. So you have two little boys mm-hmm. right now. And then... Yeah, yeah. we have two little boys, and we'll find out about the third... Sometime in February. February, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> our boys are Thomas and Rother, which Thomas is after St. Thomas Aquinas from a small Thomas the Apostle. Um, 
And then Rother is after Father Stanley Rother. Um, if you're not from Oklahoma, Father Stanley, look up Blessed Stanley Rother. What's your perspective as like homeschooled parents now looking at teaching Thomas and Roe? Um, well, first off, they're absolutely going to be homeschooled. Um, yeah. I think we kind of look at what we learned and kind of looking back on it. Um, and sometimes I wasn't exactly the most appreciative of my homeschool education until after I left the house. Because I like saw my friends in high school, they'd part of the football team, they'd have like all sorts of stuff to do after school activities and all that. Um, but looking back on it, the most important things were just kind of really integrating myself into a good, into, into my Catholic faith, integrating myself into my family and building relationships with my parents and fellow siblings that, that are, it's a 24 seven relationship versus just after school and then in the morning for a little bit. Looking back on that, I, for Alex and I, it was kind of a very easy decision to just kind of like, well, we'll Thomas and Rother will be the, the second generation homeschooling, mm-hmm. I guess, for us. Thomas is four, so he's, I guess this fall, we're going to start going through his letters and getting through the numbers and starting to get him on the, the fundamentals to reading. Um, Rother just plays with Play-Doh, and that's all he <laughs> Play-Doh does. Play-Doh and Playmobil. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas has been um, asking to play with Bananagrams because he organizes the letters. That's cool. And so, um, yeah. Good deal. So, and he's trying to figure out how to tell. He finally has figured out how to phrase telling time. Like he can now say, oh, it's 7.37 a.m. or p.m. Instead of just making up some number, he's kind of now learning the context of how to frame it, you know, in a, in a conversation. Um, but he really wants to learn how to tell time. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to teach him that. Because I think we might just point out the letters and or the numbers and kind of go from there and yeah. see. And I think kind of going back through even my own homeschool education, kind of just the most important things in these early years of homeschooling would be to just really focus on like the fundamentals, like reading, writing, and arithmetic, kind of the three R's, everybody knows them. And then I think we always add the fourth religion. Mm-hmm. Um but kind of cementing those because once they have those tools, they can really just kind of really go off into their own interests. So Thomas, let's say he's getting into the sixth grade or something like that. And he's absolutely fascinated with history. But you know what? We can spend a lot of time just reading, reading through history and let him kind of like explore his own interests in that and really develop a passion for it mm-hmm. versus having to kind of separate it between, okay, 30 minutes of history 30 minutes of health, 30 minutes of geometry and all that stuff. And we've seen some actually very cool or very interesting homeschool programs that'll kind of like build mm-hmm. a curriculum around something that the child's most interested in. Mm-hmm. And I know this from like personal experience. If you, if you love what you're learning, you just get really good at it. And I felt that through law school versus when law school absolutely loved learning about the law versus in undergrad, I chose chemistry and that was a bit of a challenge for me at times. So just kind of comparing the two, one was work and one was just almost felt natural to me. So. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, some say it's like the Montessori approach, but I mean, I don't know if I want to put a name in an approach, but we'll just kind of figure it out, figure, you know, we'll figure out a little bit more as they get a little bit older. But um, I definitely think for the younger years, something that really helps to cement you know, the, 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 three fundamentals, the three fundamentals, the stuff that they're going to need no matter what they yeah. do. Their, their interests might change over time, but they'll still need the reading, writing, mm-hmm. and arithmetic. And then. And I think that there are ways, too, to, 
learn about a subject, take a subject you really love and you can still learn, you can still incorporate other subjects into that one area of study. You're still learning about everything at the same time without almost realizing because you're so passionate about a certain topic. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. You're the expert on your own family and there's something to be said for following kind of a, a structure, you know, like trusting, we've talked about trusting the Colby process. You know, Colby knows what they're doing, um, especially for the older grades, like for high school. But when they're little, like. Yeah, and I think once they do get to the older grades where it starts to affect your university prospects and all yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Then I think it, a program like Colby is absolutely phenomenal. I think I worked harder in some of my Colby classes than in some of my university classes. Just the amount of reading was just an intense amount. They didn't really sugarcoat it. They're like, <laughs> here is the Iliad. Go for it. And how old are you in ninth grade? You're 13 or 14? 14. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're trying your best. And <laughs> there's something to be said by trial by fire. So, yep. After we graduated from law school, you went to work for a state Supreme Court justice. So that was one of the coolest jobs that anyone could ever have. So when I graduated in 2018, so with you hope, I moved up back home to Wisconsin to take a job with um, Justice Daniel Kelly. For those who are, are fortunate enough to not be in the legal profession. <laughs> <laughs> um, so clerking is usually a position that a, that a young lawyer will take right out of law school. Um, and they'll basically work for a specific judge and they'll help the judge do research, writing, um, help them talk through opinions or sorry, talk through different cases that are coming up before the court and help the judge kind of decide um, how he should rule on those. And Justice Kelly and I had many of those conversations and he was always very, um, very confident that whatever, whatever we did, we needed to go back to the very first sources and make sure we get it right. Now, Justice Kelly has five children and they're also all homeschooled. So we hit it off right off the bat. Um, and one of the best things about working for Justice Kelly was kind of his appreciation for kind of our Western civilization, kind of our classical roots as a Judeo-Christian common law society. Um, so we often would go back to some of the, some of the same great minds that we read in Colby, like um, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Paine, um, William Blackstone, I think we read him once or twice in Colby. And we would often just use them in our legal, in our legal opinions in 2019 and 2020. So when I was learning that back in ninth grade and 10th grade and 11th grade, I was like, we'll never use this again. And there I was using it. <laughs> so he was an absolute, absolute privilege to work for a man, for a man who took his job very seriously and also understood the whole homeschooling thing. So <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. We yeah. were just talking about primary sources with Everett Pierski a couple weeks ago. It's cool how like Mr. Alex, you talk about, you know, going back to Blackstone or like talking about the jurisprudence behind legal opinions. And then Mrs. Alex with your massage therapy and your seamstress skills and things like that, improving the world around you. You guys both do that in different but very complimentary to each other charisms. Mrs. Alex, you find the cutest Catholic fabric for your shop. Thank you. How do you do that? <laughs> um, it's only because there's a few different women whose fabrics I really love, um, and they've been generous enough to keep making fabric, design, designing fabric and putting it on Spoonflower. Spoonflower is a place for creatives to upload their designs, wallpaper, fabric, 
what have you. Um, and I know they don't make anything off of it really, but they're doing it because, well, because they love I me, mean, there's nothing really Catholic out there. And so, um, they honestly, I, I know a couple of them do it out of the kindness of their heart, just making these beautiful fabrics. Um, and yeah, so for me, I get to buy them. Then <laughs> I do other work. So, you know, making things for the home. I think my whole thing with my shop that I really love, because it's not like, it honestly is a hobby that I can make some money from. But I, I think one thing growing up for me um, was that that was really important was seeing Catholic things around the home because that's just how we live. So for me, making napkins or bibs or headbands, um, you know, so things for the home or for, you know, personal use that have the aspects of Catholicism, Catholicism really help just have it become part of your life. You, you surround your, you know, what you surround yourself with is what you desire. Um, so if it's true, things that are true, things that are beautiful, things that are good, that is what you will desire. So that's kind of my whole goal with my shop is just to bring little things of beauty or little things of whimsy or things like that just to someone else's home. And, um, and I, re I really love it. I really do. <laughs> Even though sometimes it's tiring. Today was a train wreck. Yeah, Catholic items to other people's homes or to make them so people can bring them into their homes is really a gift. I think in the show notes a couple of weeks ago, we linked like the the morning offering coffee mug and mm -hmm. some things like that where if you're new to exploring education beyond just school and things like that like ways to surround yourself with truth beauty and goodness exactly like you were talking about and that I think it's a benefit of having more time in in the house is that you can be more intentional with what you surround yourself with especially <laughs> for items that you're going to need anyway for your home that's so wonderful that you can bring this these dimensions of truth goodness and beauty of something very practical that's going to be used no matter what to bring that element of beauty to it elevates it, I think. Are there things that you guys want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? A lot of people are, at least a question I got a lot in high school was, will you be able to go to college? Because you're homeschooled. That's not a real school. I got asked that question the other day, like after I graduated from law school. It's like, how did you get into college? Standing here, aren't I? I mean, apparently I now, I think the transition from high school to college was actually rather, rather easy because since I was in fifth grade, I'd been teaching myself a lot. And that's a lot of what college is. They kind of recommend like one hour a classroom and then you're going to have three hours of reading or homework or studying per hour in the classroom and kind of add on to that the whole aspect of you're now living on your own. So you better figure out how to eat and clean everything. Um, so that I think homeschooling did a wonderful job in preparing me for that. And plus the ability to really focus on school when it was time to focus on school and then also focus on college applications. I needed to work on that and kind of work on which college did I want to go to. And I put a lot of thought into that and how are we going to pay for it? Had the extra time to study for the SAT and kind of get a better score to get a better scholarship mm -hmm. and kind of all these things that we were able to kind of at the end of my at the end of my high school so long as the work was getting done I was able to kind of customize a little bit in order to like let's transition from high school to college and what does that look like that means making sure you're at the right college making sure you have you're able to afford it and kind of all that something I was going to say for me 
I was at University of Dallas one year, community college my second year. Um, I was doing nursing prerequisites, um, but then decided I want to do something more holistic. So that's when I went to massage therapy school. But for me, going to college was, there are aspects of it that were great, but I love to learn on my own time and pursue something that I I'm like really interested in. So sometimes some of the core classes were difficult in the sense that you had to keep going along with a certain schedule instead of taking the time to pursue this or that. So for me, that was difficult. And I, I mean, a little bit was some of it could have been time management, but some of it was at massage therapy school. I was so happy because we're doing actual like twice a week. We had to, you know, we had massage practicums. So that was learning how, you know, ways of getting us giving massage, just learning the way the body works. And um, I love that because I learned a whole lot and I learned, I just really appreciated learning on my own under the guidance of someone. But for me, college was also like, my gosh, I'm going from homeschooling where I can kind of learn in my own time or like, you know, pursue. It was difficult in that sense because I really like to do things on my own. <laughs> So it, it was it was great from in many ways, but also it's just I mean, it's each person's different. Not everyone's meant for the same thing. But, you know, similar to him, I took the ACT however many times just to get a better score. You know, so we, we had the flexibility, flexibility to do that um, without running ragged or forfeiting other things. And what you're describing is almost sounds more like an apprenticeship or like a guild system, which is the way that everybody learned their professions for a long time. Like, I think we lose sight of the fact that college as it stands today is a fairly recent invention, especially the idea that everybody needs to go to college or you're not going to have a successful life without a college education. That is new. It's great for some people, but and it's not the right path for others. So I think that's, that's a good thing to always keep in mind too, is like, like we were talking about the education for life rather than for checking boxes and for specific sure for specific disciplines yes that's that's the path you need to travel right and I I think I am a bit older than all of you guys and I can remember conversations as a as a young child about college being in uh, the liberal arts experience and that is what Colby is yeah and sometimes we hear people like nervous about homeschooling their kids or skeptical about somebody else homeschooling their kids because they don't have an education degree and you don't need any degree to teach your kids it's not it's not a matter of a of an institutional stamp on yeah you did your four years here it's like what you were describing the taking care of your own responsibilities finding the joy in learning learning how to take care of people around you and pitch in with with family responsibilities, all of those things. Right. It's kind of a more a more holistic to use your term education at home, learning all the aspects of what adult life looks like. I mean, if we are separated during the day because of school, then how would they know what would happen? They just have this vague idea of they go to work or stuff gets done at home or whatever <laughs> while I'm away and voila. I mean that's that's how it is. And it's and, oh. and it but now in the homeschool life, we have the opportunity to have a little clearer picture on that. Really quick, quick story. My mom 
always jokes. She goes, oh, it's a good thing I homeschooled you guys. Because if you only saw me at the witching hour of dinner time, you would just think I was a crazy mom who's frustrated with everyone. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's true, right? Yeah. I noticed, like, after Bonnie's kids started being homeschooled, they got along with each other a lot better just throughout the day. Like, everybody has their moments, especially in that transition period. But I don't know. I'm an introvert myself, and I'm a social introvert, so I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy getting to know people, but then I'm just drained at the end of the day, especially like if I've had a day full of meetings. If I had been a child going to school all day, I I don't think I would have had the reserves to really participate in family life all that much by the time I got home, because I still now as an adult with a lot more coping skills still like get home and just don't want to talk to anybody or do anything. Yep. It is different. It's um, the way we all relate to each other now. The assumption that that's just how it is like you get to the end of the school day and we all fall apart that's just how it is like no it does not no <laughs> it does not have to be it yet that is many people's experience unfortunately but that is one of those uh, minor victories that we've talked about in a previous episode hopefully that people are finding that who are new to the homeschool life that that you can you can be together all day during the school day and get to the late afternoon which it's difficult for our all of us. It still is difficult, but it, it's a, in a different way. It's um, it, There's not so much everyone's just collides <laughs> at the end of the day. It did, sometimes it happens, but far less frequently. And, and it's not a given that that's how every day has to go. It's just not. Kind of like, I also wanted to slip this in. I love hearing your stories and the idea, sometimes there's this assumption, I, I'm sure you have encountered it, I'm assuming, but that if you've come from a homeschool and you go to college or wherever in the real world, so to speak, that it's going to be so overwhelming and you're just not going to know how to conduct yourself or whatever. It's just going to be like, what do I do now? And I, I think all of you, all three of you are examples of that very much not being the case because you can see it for what it is. Like um, you have this discernment, discerning eye as to what's happening all around you and you can make conscious decisions, how you're going to enter in or not to whatever it is. And it's not so much like, oh, I guess this is just how we do it. And I think that it's, it's very heartening to me and, and to think about uh, hopefully for other folks to coming from this loving environment of homeschool and whatever, whatever life chapter is next, you approach it with a lot more skills to make conscious decisions as to what you're going to participate in or not. I think one of the better things about homeschooling, at least from like a day-to-day perspective, was I had to interact with parents and little kids and my peers who were, I guess, the siblings within two years of me on a daily basis. So I had to interact with all sorts of age groups, yeah. um, different adults throughout the neighborhood as I took, as I did a lot of babysitting jobs during the day and all that stuff. And I noticed that in some of my friends who were in traditional public school, they would hang out with 14-year-olds. And the very next year, it was all 15-year-olds. And there wasn't a lot of diversity and kind of like they interacted with a lot more people, but they interacted with people kind of all of the same mindset Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. I'm interacting babysitting little kids or talking to my parents or stuff like that and just kind of on a daily basis. And then I think that goes to kind of, I think, the number one reason I want to homeschool Thomas is it all kind of comes down to who's going to raise your kids in the end. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be their peers or is it going to be their their parents? 
And I think for me, I'd much rather raise Thomas than let him be raised by a bunch of other four-year-olds and five-year-olds and the six-year-olds. I just don't think that works out very well. Well, sure. So. Our dad would talk about this when I was probably in middle school and, and having whatever kind of interactive issues with, with my peers and um, hearing some of their advice on how to handle a situation. It would be way different from what he would offer as advice for me. And, and he would point out, you know, uh, your mom and I have been through this phase of life and here we are on this other side of it. Your friends are, and you and your friends are in this thing, right? You're all at the same point relatively, right? So none of you has come through this all the way, whereas we have. So we might have some perspective here that's valuable to you rather than all of you just um, trading your ideas back and forth, which is, you know, there's more to it than that. Yeah, I, one thing I could add to that. So we were really involved. Um, mom's always made sure we were really involved with the homeschool group. Um, the last couple of years has been hard. They've been, they've moved and they've kind of had some like, it's just, they, they finally found a parish that they really, so they found their community now. But um, for me growing up, we always had, you know, we're very involved in the homeschool group. So being involved meant you're always with other families. So again, you're interacting with people of, various ages everyone else had to take care of the baby everyone you know people mm -hmm. the teenagers playing with the five-year-old kind of this whole thing so that's just another thing to add to it outside of the family aspect you find a good community a good homeschool group that same sort of interaction with all ages happens there too and that's invaluable that was one thing that was Great. so cool when so tom was born first year of law school and I remember a lot of the first time parents who I knew were like, we, we can't break the baby. Like we have to schedule everything around the baby schedule. We don't know what to do with this baby. And you guys were so cool. Cause like we would have board game nights and things like that. You just bring the baby with like the baby was a member of the family yeah. and yeah. obviously had, had his needs attended to and was clearly nurtured and loved, but it wasn't like, I don't know. You guys were the chillest first-time parents <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if that was due to comfortable uh, <clears throat> with the situation or just busy with law school. <laughs> 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 A lot of people say, if, like, if you homeschool, that you'll just be at home, you'll be in your parents' basement, you'll learn to read and write, and then you'll stay in your parents' basement until you are 18 years old and you will get thrown out into the world and that'll be that. Um, <laughs> that wasn't, yeah, that wasn't us at all, I guess. Like we were in sports, we were in art classes, we were in Boy Scouts, we were in parish groups and all sorts of things. So like, and the opportunities that we, that I had are even nothing compared to what my little sister had. So my little sister is, I think she's a freshman in high school sophomore sophomore in high school and she has so much more opportunities for that kind of stuff even since like in the 10 years since I've been a sophomore in high school and it's just kind of ridiculous to kind of see the amount of like extracurricular activities that homeschoolers have set up and all sorts of online learning options that will be through like the Colby Colby has done has gone a long way in that in that respect and compared to when I was going through it it was all just books and paper and you send it all in the mail and they grade it and you get it back but now they have um they have online learning classes and all sorts of things that that just make it so much easier and I think was it Bonnie said you don't need a was that you hope who said you don't need a education degree to 
to be a homeschooling parent. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely think that's a lot. It's, it's I think it's as easy as it's ever been. And it's getting easier, I think, with the advances in technology and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I, I joke that I was homeschooled before it was cool. And then we were talking to Celeste Clayar, who said she started at Colby in the Stone Age in 2006. And I was like, wait a second, I guess we're Stone Age buddies then. We we started Colby in 2006. The iPhone had not been invented yet. (laughs) Yeah. I think actually one thing, so we've talked a little bit because Jordan, our other host, who's not with us today, um, he was homeschooled in the 80s and 90s. And then we, the three of us, were homeschooled in the 90s and 2000s. And we've talked a lot about how there's a lot less stigma than there used to be. Like, I, I think I said on our first episode that I used to get asked insultingly easy math questions at, like, family reunions and things like that. But yeah, those questions, that, I, I got asked those, too. <laughs> so yeah. That's rough for you guys. What's 12 times four? And 48. (laughs) You know the answer right now. (laughs) Yeah, like you said, there was a lot of stigma. I can't imagine going in like the 80s and 90s. That would have been, you would have been all alone. Mm -hmm. Um, In the 90s and 2000s, it was starting to move in that direction. But still, there was a lot of, like, the social stigma was still there. So I think they would gotten over, like, the educational stigma. Like, okay, they figured out that these homeschool students are not are not dumb, and they're doing actually pretty well in all of the standardized testing and all that stuff. But there's always still that social stigma. And I, find, and I think that now with my sister, like, even that's gone away. I, I, think, I, um, I think I know that, too. Yeah, even with my sisters, too, my siblings. Yeah, I agree. It's just, like, because there's so many more extracurriculars up extracurricular opportunities for them and all that so i think we're coming into the mainstream which is kind of terrifying well in my mind i'm like does it mean more people are going to try to regulate homeschooling more or what that's mine yeah <laughs> my yeah but we have I good think- homeschooling all defense is a great i know they're a great asset to the community so yeah for sure did you see the babylon b post recently about with the pandemic now, everybody is as socially awkward as homeschoolers are. Oh my goodness! Thumbs <laughs> up to that. Anything else on the record, counselor? No, I don't think so. Rest <laughs> okay. Mary, our mother, pray for us. Saint Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam. <laughs>